you found yourself on another episode of Locked on Bulls. In today's episode, we're going to talk about an updated injury on Zach Levine. He apparently hurt his hand, and we're going to preview tonight's game against OKC Thunder. We'll get into all that and more right after this. You are Locked on Bulls, your daily podcast on the Chicago Bulls, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for tuning in to Locked On Bulls, member of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Pat, the designer, host and creator of the Windy City Breeze. I'm Hayes, host and creator of Chicago Bulls Central. Pat, the injury bug, man, I really hope that this is not a, about to be a trend on the back half of the season. Now, while it does not seem to be a major injury, he's not going to be yeah. missing any time. He's, he's apparently going to be playing tonight. But Zach Levine does suffer a hand contusion. Um, and, you know, last time Zach Levine hurt his hand, it completely threw off his scoring there for a little while. Now, that was a torn ligament in the thumb, so that's completely different. But, bro, the injuries are stacking up for the Bulls, man. Yeah, a little bit, right? It gets a little bit concerning, um, but I, I don't think that we should be too overly concerned about this, right? A hand contusion um, basically means he bruised his hand, right? Like he, he hit something or somebody came down and smacked him. It's been a long road trip. It's been a long road trip. It's, it's probably a little bit sore, you know what I mean? And uh, the Bulls, you know, like they have been hit by the injury bug a little bit here, but you're you're trying to – you would rather have these injuries now as long as they're not long-lasting than later on in the season. Uh, it's good that – like even how they're dealing with DeMar DeRozan in this situation, right, I like that they're uh, letting DeMar rest with the hamstring injury, right, and, and different things sure. like – or the quad. Is it a quad? It's a hammy. Quad. I don't know what it is yeah. anymore. Uh, but So I, I like that they're letting him get that rest in now. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how it affects it, right? Like we know that Zach is very like – with his shooting stroke, with his game, he's very particular in what he wants to do, how he wants to land, how things go, how he releases the ball. Uh, and when stuff throws that off, right, like it, it, like injuries and things like that, you see it affect his game a little bit. And, and after watching how the game went last time out, and uh, you, you can't have it affect his game because nobody else has game. That's that's what it looks like. You know what I mean? We got, we got a lot of dudes out there getting their cardio up, but nobody's really out there hooping. You know what I mean? So, um for me, I, is, it, is it a concern? A little bit, but I don't think that we'll be uh, talking about this as a long-term thing. And we'll, Zach, will, Zach will let us know tonight, right? Like, if he comes out and he puts up another 38, 40 piece, you know what I mean? We know he's fine. <laughs> the, the, yeah, I mean, the thing with Zach is, is the, the, the thing that I'm more worried about than the, being a long-term injury is just – we saw Zach took a while to trust that leg again. T take, take a while to start going back, getting contact, going to the lane. I just don't. I hope that this doesn't hold him back from doing that because if he gets slapped on the hand one good time early in this game, we may not see him. And, you know, that is one of the things of Zach Levine. Is, uh, he, has, he comes back from injury well in the long term of it, but short term, he, he, he gets protective. And, and, you, and you see him start not being as aggressive physically, yeah. and that yeah. definitely affects his game. So that's that's the part that I'm more so worried about, especially in a time period where we're facing the OKC Thunder, one of the best scorers in the league. We'll preview that game here in a second. But I, I we need Zach scoring with DeMar out, right? Because you, as you said, nobody stepped up to help, not even Vooch. 
And not even need, Vooch. You yeah. know what I mean? And and I don't expect it from Vooch long term, right? And especially against OKC. Listen, I don't care what nobody says. And they I don't I don't feel like we didn't do this last time. Uh, but maybe we didn't have the offense figured out. If y'all don't get the ball down to Nikola Vucevic, if y'all don't figure out how to throw an entry pass into the guy, he's going up against a dude. It literally, if Chet played with Pokashevsky, they wouldn't weigh how much Vooch weighs. That's how light this dude <laughs> is. Out here, bro. Right, stop playing. That's a whole different. We'll get into that. But I, I think now, right, like you want to see kind of how um, the, the big question around Zach right now is how is he going to lead this team with no DeMar out there? I thought he did a good job trying to lead by example in that first game. And, and is he going to have to take the, his foot off of the pedal a little bit because of the injury? Right. Like you said, the big thing for me is we watched in that game. And the reason why I felt confident the entire time in that game until we got to about literally the last second was Zach Levine was the best player on the court all night. Zach all Levine night. was the guy that, by far. By far, like yeah. he he was able to blow past everybody. Is that going to slow down tonight? That's like you said. That's the that's the one part that I guess is a little bit concerning with Zach. Um, but the I, I guess on the flip side, right? Like when people talk about him, and he is going to play tonight. By the way, he he's yeah. he's probable to play tonight. I, I guess it's not confirmed yet, but he's probable to play tonight. Um, I guess the biggest concern would be that, you know, we're starting to see the little nicks and dings that happen during a season. How are those going to start to play out? Right. Cause Javante is not going to be out long, hopefully. Um, and, and, and with Javante, right. He probably wants to play right now. Um, DeMar's not going to be out long, right? Like there, the injuries have kind of been there all year, but they're the very like little nagging things that, Hey, you got to miss a couple of games here, but you'll be back. Yeah, and with it being on Zach's shooting hand, it's going to be really interesting to watch how the offense goes, right? If it was on his left hand, the guide hand, which, I don't know, depends on how you shoot. Sometimes the guide hand is 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 more, more important than the yeah. actual shooting hand. So um, we'll see how Zach uh, does that. Now, while we're on the topic of Zach Levine, before we start previewing the game, we got another report. Uh, Casey Johnson was on the Hoops Hype podcast, which, Pat, I don't know if you got a chance to listen to. It was a really, really good episode. Casey Johnson is just I, I love hearing him talk. He's a star, dog. Yeah, he is, for I sure. swear, it's so funny. Like when you hear him talk outside of NBC, it's just like you're much better. Exactly. <laughs> like he, on he, NBC, he, he be Hi, the, network, the network's restricting him a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I love hearing Casey Johnson talk on other podcasts, but he did say that there is something to the rumor of there's still tension between Billy Donovan and Zach Levine. And over on Central, I talked about that this morning. I want to get your opinion on it, Pat. Usually, when we see tension between a, a team's highest paid player and a coach, usually one of those two players are on their way out. Yeah. They both have new contracts for, for all intents and purposes. This tension between those two, do you see this? Just Is it just because of the losing? Do you think it's something that they can still work out? Or do you think probably not this season, but in the offseason, does it become a bigger deal? How do you see this, this rift between Billy Donovan and Zach Levine playing out long term? Because by all intents and purposes, they're both going to be here for a very long time. It, it depends on... Um... It, it depends largely on how Zach reacts to what Billy's trying to do, right? Like, it depends largely on, okay, hey, um, I understand that we have this tension here, but at the end of the day, we both want to win. We're going to find a way to win, right? Like, listen, we're not going to act like there was never any tension between Phil and Mike or Phil and Kobe, right? Like, we're not going to act. There, there's tension sometimes. You coach, Jimmy Butler lives in a constant state of tension with Eric Spolster, right? It's like, like you got massage guns getting thrown on the court by other players because the tension is so high in the building. Uh, so I, I I look at Zach Levine and Billy Donovan's relationship as, listen, this is about how you guys use that tension. This is about how you guys 
uh, uh, expel that tension, right? Like, are you expelling it on the court? Is it going to show into your play? Is it going to put you out there in a position where you're better? Or are you going to be in, 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 in Billy Donovan's situation, right? Too, too, uh, too proud to back down to the fact that your player's upset about uh, a benching that probably he deserved, right? Or in Zach Levine's case, are you going to be uh, too proud to admit that, hey, I was playing trash and I deserve to be benching that moment? And I'm going to learn from that. And I think that's the part that you really have to focus in on with, with these guys, right? Because the, the mugs now, I don't want to say Zach is, is, is more sensitive than any other person in the NBA, but now it's like, if there is something said around Zach or about Zach, or like he kind of comes in the post game show with the, like, Hey, you know, it is what it is. I just, I got, I'm going to keep playing my game and I'm going to do what I do. And, uh, and I'm you, you, gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta put the, the, the deeper voice on. Cause you know, when Zach's doing the post game interviews, he, he knows Ramina's listening. So he'd be like, <laughs> shout out Ramina. She shout just, Ramina. she just oh. shot a tweet out right now that we can't read on air. <laughs> <laughs> but no, all jokes aside is this. Um, there's n- tension between a player and a coach is not rare. At all. My oh. dad was my was my football coach. And I tell you what, there were times where if he wasn't my dad, literally I would have tripped him down a flight of steps. Hey, was he was he one of them us? He'd be like, Don't call me dad on the sideline. I'm oh, coach. for sure. Oh, for sure. Oh yeah. When we as soon as we as soon as we got out the car for practice, it was dad was gone. It was coach. He was coach. That was it. There was no pops there. Um, <laughs> as soon as you get out the car, you suck. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> we just had breakfast. The the thing like so as long as there's not a loss of respect. I yeah. think that's the biggest thing. And yeah. it seems it, it I still think they very much still respect each other. They're questioning some things when Zach wasn't shooting well, Billy Donovan wasn't maybe using him the best, whatever. But as long as there's still respect there, they're gonna work it out. Yeah, I like I like what Steve O said in the comments as well. He said tension and dislike is different. That's true, Max. right? Like they, I, sometimes, right, there, there can be some tension because I don't agree with everything you're doing. And you got to air that stuff out. And I don't think Billy Donovan and Zach Levine have the relationship where they're sitting here, right, not talking to each other and not airing things out. Like maybe it is. Maybe behind the scenes, right, these mugs really do hate each other and we don't see it. But it, it doesn't feel that way to me uh, when I'm talking about – when we're talking about yeah, Zach Levine. Sure. It, and, and it doesn't seem that way when it's on the court. If it did, right, you would see – listen, we've seen Zach hate a coach. Oh, for sure. We've seen Zach hate and a coach. He, he hated coach. He still paid Boylan's fine that one time, remember? Yeah, because – oh, yeah, when he when he actually, like, did a, uh, uh, his job. He was trying, and, trying to mend the trying bridge. Trying to stand he, up for yeah. his player. Yeah, but even even that, right? Like, that's that's one of those – now, Boylan just kept burning bridges. Burning was like – it's like Zach was fixing the bridge and Jim was like, Hey man, let me let me just is that a bridge? Is that a bridge? Let me break that. Uh, But talking about building bridges, one of the best ways you can build a bridge is by hiring people. And so, as a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract the qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond the resume data by using insights from your job post company and their 80, 80, sorry, 
875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. Identify the most qualified candidates in LinkedIn Jobs and connect with them fast and for free. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all on one platform. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality Quality candidates versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Pat. So the Bulls face the OKC Thunder today. And I wish I could say... Hey, man, listen, this is going to be a game where we know that the Bulls can come in and play well. Uh, This is a young team, a scrappy team um, with a big time score. That seems like a recipe for disaster for the Bulls, man. What do you think about this? This is the loss I predicted. (laughs) (laughs) I'm concerned. This is the loss I actually predicted that the Bulls were going to lose because they weren't going to be able to keep up with these guys. They were going to be running, especially being shorthanded and stuff like that. So this is the one I'm actually a little bit concerned about. Um I think I think that, like I said at the beginning, right? You got to get Vooch involved early. You have to get Vooch involved early. You have to get Vooch involved early. I had to say it three times because it's that important. Pokashevsky weighs 110 pounds, and there's nobody else down there that should be able to block Vooch's shots. This should be the Vooch game. We should be talking about this game as the game where Vooch has a Shaq night, where it's literally like, man, how'd you put up 65 points tonight and 27 rebounds? Well, the dude I was playing against weighed this uh, weighed as much as a water bottle full. You know what I mean? Like it's, it, it, it's not even a question of it. Right. And, and the thing is the the other guys, we, we've talked about Zach Levine in his last game. We talked about uh, uh, Booch in his last game. Right. And Booch didn't play that well either, but how it's been playing. But we keep talking about the other guys. Hey, yo, I, I sent the tweet and we'll talk about that later. I sent the tweet. Step up. P will step up the second game. And who on this team? Honestly, hey, who should be able to stand in front of him on this team? Lou Dort. I'll give you that. But oh, that's how I'll give you that. I, look, yeah, I, give I, I give you Dort. that. I give you that. <laughs> I'm not a Lou Dort nobody. <laughs> I was about to say. Kill the point immediately. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was good. He said Lou Dort, and I was like, look. He kind of heavy though. He kind of heavy. Lucius is uh, Lou Dort. Lou Dort a little pit bull, bro. You know because he's only like six five, right? But the dude is strong as heck, man. Uh, Lou Dort is Javante Green if he ever get that three point shot consistent, man. Um, but but honestly, like for the for who's probably gonna be defender? I would think you would put Dort on Zach because that's your best defender. Put him on the best score and literally say if anybody else kills us, they kill us, right? Uh, to me, right? Like, uh, there's nobody that Pete Will shouldn't be able to move around. I mean, let's look at run. it. So, if you do put Lou Dort on Zach, as you said, that leaves Josh Giddy, who is 6'8, 216, but he shouldn't be like, if Patrick Williams doesn't see, if, if Josh Giddy tries to guard Patrick Williams one on one and Pat does, he's passive P and passes the ball again, I'm going to be where you were last game. Hey, That's bro, literally where I'm going to be. At. Bro, I'm going to tell you this right now. I would absolutely put Josh Giddy on him. I would I mean, absolutely. I, w- oh, I would say. I would say. I dare coach, you. Yo, yeah, if I'm the opposing coach, it's like, hey man, we don't even know if Patrick <laughs> even remembers how to shoot. I said it on Central today. The way Patrick Williams played the last two games, the crowd could guard Patrick Williams. They don't even need to put a man on. Him. Put the crowd on Patrick Williams. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna but, miss. Huh? 
But Josh Giddy, Patrick Williams outweighs him considerably. So okay, any any stronger than Josh Giddy. Jalen Williams Way to Jalen Williams. I'm gonna be Jalen Williams. I didn't know. I didn't know. Josh Giddy was 215 pounds until you just said it. There was oh, yeah, no yeah. way I thought he was that heavy. Nah, they 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 were he had he had on weighted socks when they weighed him, bro. There's no way. Bro. There's no. Way. He had on a pair of Tims and weighted socks. There's a no pair way in him. Tims, over. weighted socks, and uh, and, and some uh, some some line. What's the little fabletic liners to add all the weight you can? You know what I mean. But then outside of that, you look at their starting power forward is Jalen Williams, who's six six, 195 pound rookie. If he guards you, P. Will, we got a problem tonight, right? We got a problem. Jalen Williams, they're starting center, 6'9", 240. If they, if they can take him off of Vooch and put a smaller play on Vooch, Vooch and P. Will both need to be smacked tonight. We need to see Patrick Williams act like he understands that he physica- physically should be able to overcome anything that LKC throws at him unless they throw Lou Dort at him this game. But here's, here's the thing, right? Uh, he should have been able to realize that last game. He should have right. been able to realize that. The game we, we've like seen we, P. Will come we have. back and respond well after a bad game. So hopefully all the critique thrown towards him, he's going to hopefully come out and be like, hey, man, listen, I can't do this again. And, and here's the thing. We have seen him bounce back. And I'm not saying that he doesn't have the ability. That's my frustration with him. He, I think he has all the ability in the world. But you have to step up in these moments when DeMar DeRozan isn't on the court. Who's your second option? Who's your third option? Io DeSumo's smoking layups left and right. And, I, and here's the thing. Io still finds a way to put up eight to nine points sometimes, get get you 12 points, 15 points. Uh, but but he's going to have a tough matchup tonight. Is Shea, Shea good to go, right? Is Shea good to go? Yeah, Shea's good to go. Shea good to go? He's not on the injury report. Right, not listen, even listed. Right, that's a tough matchup for you tonight, brother. So so Io needs to be focused on the defensive end, in all honesty. Um, and And – I mean, like, there's you got you have to. These are the moments where you have to prove everybody wrong. Yeah, and you yeah, have you the don't. opportunity to do it because Zach Levine is the king of. Please help me. Like, I want exactly. y'all to be good. Over the last five game, Patrick Williams twelve point five points per game, four point eight rebounds on forty six percent shooting and fifty percent three point. I need that game from him tonight. I need that stat line at a minimum. That's what I need from Patrick Williams. You know what I need from people? I'm not going to lie to you. In, in tonight's game, this is all I want to see. Get to the free throw line. And P. Will's, in those two games that we looked at, P. Will wasn't just out there lacing that mug all game. He took eight shots. He knocked down six of them in one game. Cool. Two of them with three-pointers. That gets you halfway to uh, to, to feeling good about your point total. Made a couple of nice dump-down dunks. You know what I mean? Easy plays. But he got fouled four times, got to the free-throw line, with seven of seven from the free-throw line. That's how you like it you worked off with you worked out with about that's what I want to see from people. Just get down in the paint, man. And and to me, that's that's there needs to be somebody that steps up. And, and listen, I'm not absolving anybody. I think tonight is a night where you could honestly see uh Kobe White have a have a big night. And uh we might have to start asking some questions about hey, what's what is his future? Is his future still going to be on the bench with how the other guys are playing? Well, that's one of the things that did come out in the hoop site podcast with Casey Johnson is he said that the Bulls have been listening to offers but they haven't got anything that they like and that leads him to believe that a they're not going to give him up for anything but there's some internally that do want to see Kobe White stay on this team and so with the way that Kobe's improved if you believe halfway that Kobe White's shooting is going to come back around with his improved defense and ball handling to me you got to keep him at that point I'm gonna be it's just his vision now Kobe White's seeing the floor so much better Bro. bro Listen, 
It's I need to see it. I need to see see that player. And, and maybe that's the guy, right? Where we're sitting there, and it's the reason why P. Will and Caruso, as we get into this next topic, aren't going anywhere per reports, right? Um, I'll tell you this after last game, you couldn't have, you couldn't have got me to bet on that, but you know what you could have got me to bet on? Betonline.net, man. It's your number one source for all your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. That was a hell of a transition. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and the World Cup. They've got it all over at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can even find those on BetOnline as well. They are the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today to use your mobile device and learn more head to bet online because bet online is where the game starts there you have it so pat as we know many bulls fans right now still on the blow it all up some wants to see major moves some are don't want to see it blown all up but make some considerable moves to bring in some more talent but we got a report comes out Alice Crusoe and Patrick Williams both seem to be untouchable. If you add that to the fact that we also got a report earlier that DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine are untouchable in trade talks, that leaves four players out of your 15-man roster that aren't touchable. Do you think, and this is, again, there's a difference between listening to deals and actively shopping a player. I'm not saying, and I don't expect AK to actively actively shop Patrick Williams. And we've been very vocal. AK isn't giving up on Patrick Williams anytime soon. But when you hear Alice Caruso is untouchable, what does that say to you? Um, it says to me that it's an AK coach team and it's t- this Bulls team is going to be very similar to Denver, right? Like Denver doesn't make big moves. They don't make the splashy move. They don't make the oh my God move, right? Like we saw the Bulls do that early on. And and here's the thing. I've I've said it on this podcast. I know we're, we're to the point where we say continuity ain't it. It's not the answer. It's not working, blah, blah, blah. But that is the key to finding an NBA championship. And I think AK understands that. Um, you, you, you don't see an NBA champion outside of maybe, I mean, not even really the LeBron teams, right? LeBron lost his first year when he went to Miami, right? They made it, but they lost his first year when he went to Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't start winning until they kind of all understood their roles and they had the continuity. Um, you rarely ever see a team, I can't even think of one, that didn't play together for multiple years that won an NBA championship. That Detroit Pistons team, they, they won the title in their first year after coming together, right? Or I'm mistaken. That's no, been so long. No, they were together for a couple of years. And even that, right? Like they were adding pieces in. I think Tayshawn was a rookie that year. Yeah, he Tayshaun played a major rookie. role in that. But they had been together for a couple of years before that. Um, so you, you really don't see that. So I think AK understands that. And that's why you don't just sit there and blow everything up and move on from everybody and, and trade away pieces. And we, we've been saying this the entire time, right? Like, I mean, we've had our emotional moments where we've been like, trade him. Uh, he's not helping the team. You got to make this move, blah, blah, blah. But then like, when you sit there and have the realization of what's actually happening on the court, you realize that, or what's actually happening in the front office, you realize that all the teams that you want to talk about winning the championship, mm-hmm. they have that continuity. And I think AK understands that. And, and that's the reason why you're not going to see P will move and you're not going to see IO move or uh, Caruso moved. Um, and, and honestly, right. Like I, I'm not even saying that I want to maybe Caruso a little bit, just because Caruso has been so in and out of the lineup. But when the playoffs get here, you want a player like Caruso on your team. If he's healthy, um, I know my tweet, I dropped the tweet yesterday and half of the Bulls community was in support of me, which, by the way, there's also a small section of y'all that are weird, bro. Like, like y'all are excited 
to let's, hear me let's, say. Let me say this. I'm gonna I'm I'm say it for you because I, I want to say it first. Of all. So, oi, first, I gotta get to this comment. Somebody said Tony Bradley is untouchable. He's, untouchable. he's untouchable because he doesn't get on the court. You can't touch him. <laughs> and, and we got to throw in that as well. Marco Simonovic is untouchable too because they don't know who the hell he is. They don't even know he's on the rock. Anyway, <laughs> you said this, and I love the fact that you said it. If you root for somebody on your team to do bad just so you can be right, you're an idiot. Oh, you didn't say that. That's me. I'm saying you're an idiot. You say that they're weird. I'm a little bit stronger word. It's, it's hella weird, bro. Like, I have never, like, the Bulls fans will literally root for a player to do terrible just so they can say, oh, I was right. Uh, they, you know, they aren't it. It's, it's so weird, fam. But go ahead, continue your point. It's like, dog, I, I sit here and talk on the mic on this, and I don't want my take to be right about Patrick Williams. But, right, like, I, I know I came out and I said, you know, P. Will is, uh, to this point in his career, he's a bust. He is. He's the fourth pick in the draft. To me, there's there there is a prestige that comes with that. There's a standard that you have to live with, and you have to. And and he hasn't lived up to that consistently. I called him Otto Porter Jr. Um, although I don't even know if Otto Porter was taken that high. To be honest with you, um, he might have been Otto actually. Porter was Otto Porter might have actually been taken really high in the draft, and we just kind of forgot about that because they had John Wall and Brad Beal. But here's the thing: at the end of the day, that does not mean that I don't think that Patrick Williams cannot turn into an asset on this team it means that right now i don't believe he's going to live up to be a player that you have to build your team around Otto porter was third overall i feel like i kind of crazy i feel like i kind of knew that but i couldn't confirm but, it in my but, mind hey, but to the to the credit Otto porter jr did have six seasons in a row of averaging double digit points per game so yeah and they, it, it, they literally all john wall and brad bill would say to him was like just shoot just like, like it's it's okay if you take the ball to the rim. Like you're the biggest dude out here. So for me, right? Like I understand the development has to happen. I understand that 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 um, he still could turn into a player that makes me eat my words. I want him to turn into that player that makes me eat my words. But I'm not telling you to go out there and give up on him because I don't think that he's living up to the standard that he should be living up. You still try to develop him and get the most out of him. You're going to trade him. He's going to go somewhere else. He could become the player. We think with more shots that he could become that player that we all think about. But I think the thing for me is, right, like you still have to develop a mentality in P-Will that is not there yet. And I know we we talk about the shots. We talk about, oh, he's not getting shots. He's not getting moves in there. Javante Green don't get shots drawn up. He don't get plays drawn up for him. He don't get shots drawn up. But you know what? Whenever he's on the court, I know he's there. I mean, Whenever he's on the court, I know he's too. making an impact. So I, I, I update this stat periodically. So we came into this season with Patrick Williams having, I believe it was 12 or 13 games of of double of 10 or more shots per game. Yeah, He's now at 27 on his career. Do you want to bet what this stat line is on the 27 games Patrick Williams has had 10 or more shot attempts? Well, it probably went up because he had 10 or more in the last two games. And well, well, no, he had 10 the other day and he shot like two for 10. Uh, I would say he's probably at what sixteen points a game, because I know it went up because he had like twenty three points the other day. Okay. Anything else? You, you... Oh, uh, all of it sixteen points a game. I'd say I don't know seven rebounds and four assists. Very close. Sixteen point seven points per game, five point six uh, uh uh rebounds per game, and four assists per game when he gets over double digit shot attempts. That was a pretty while good day. still. That's not amazing. Like, I don't want to act, make it seem like it's world-beating or anything, but I think if Patrick Williams was averaging those, you hear it, people would be a lot more quiet 
uh, in regard. Oh, and the yeah. Bulls will win a lot more games. The Bulls, oh, like, yeah. that's when it boils down to it. The Bulls will win a lot more games. And yes, part of him not getting more shots is on him being passive, but part of it also is that he doesn't get plays called for him. I don't know. At any they need to see, go get, have him see a sports therapist. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> like seriously, I don't. I don't even know what to say anymore, Patrick yeah. Williams, bro. Like he's literally a big kid. He just needs to figure out that you're yeah. stronger than most of the people guarding you, bro. He is. And and that's why I'm not saying I, I you didn't hear me saying that to me. Like everybody was just like, you can't give up on him. I, was like, I never said to give up on him. What I'm telling you is that, and it's the reason I don't think AK will trade him. It's the reason that I don't believe that because you think about it, right? Kobe White is just now showing that he's playing well. And this is what four years in the NBA. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he's just not – he had his first training camp. Now he's playing well. He seems to be healthy on the season, knock on wood. You know what I mean? Like, that. That's that, those are things that that play a part into it. Guys have to develop, but guys have to, to grow in their game. But I think, right, like, it's okay to also criticize guys when they're playing poorly. And right now, Patrick Williams, even though he had those two flash games for us, really enjoyed watching them. That's the P-Well I want to see. P, the P-Well? The P-Well I want to see. The P-Well? Uh, that's the P-Well I want. I don't know why I would turn country right there. That I want to see every night, but it's not the P-Will we're going to get every night. And it's not the P-Will we expect to get every night. And that's a problem when you're talking about the fourth pick in the draft. That's the reason I made the tweet. And prove me wrong. That's all I have. Prove me wrong. I still got pictures in my phone from when when Mitch was in Chicago. I used to tweet it out every Sunday. It's that picture where, like, Dexter is, like, praying to the picture of Einstein in his locker. And it's just like stun on these hoes, bro. Like that's all I, please just prove me wrong every week. That's all I ask. It's really that simple. Um, And you know, Patrick Williams, 21 years old. I, and I will say this to the credit of this front office, which it may be to the detriment to some fans in their opinion. I don't see AK and Eversley. The AK and Eversley don't want to have a large situation with Patrick Williams. No, he's going to get every single opportunity in this and his second contract to turn into the player that they envision him in. Yeah. He's going to be here for a long time. You guys got to get used to it. And I I, I know some people are going to look at that as a, as a net negative, and I understand it. This is not one of those situations where I'm like, you're crazy for thinking they're crazy for doing that. No, I can understand that. But I will say this. I, I Part of me respects it because they see that some of the players that they sent away, though, that were part of the, the previous regime, look at Lar- the only difference between Laurie outside of health now and, and even last season with the Cleveland Cavaliers is the confidence. Laurie is, you can tell when he comes out there. And if a player builds that confidence with the raw skill that they have, the sky's the limit. So yeah. shout out to AK for believing in him and wanting to cultivate that. But at some point, you have to let him sink or swim. And by that, I mean, you have to make it a mandate at some point to be like, we're going to get Patrick, we're going we're gonna to run six plays for Patrick Williams, three to start the game off, three at some point in the second half. What he does with those six plays is going to determine how much more we run for him. And but then I, let I that think, be it. I think that's the that's the part for me, right, that he needs to have. The, there's so many players in this league that just find plays. That's true. This there's so true. many players in this NBA. That, there's nothing ran for them. We got a bunch of them on this team. They don't run nothing for DJJ. DJJ just know where to go. He know where to be. He know how to like, and I I understand like there's a maturity that has to come in for you to, mm-hmm. to get to that point. But like, dog, it's like, listen, you're bigger than everybody. Like, it's basketball at the end of the day. You're bigger than everybody. You literally can out jump everybody. When he jumps for rebounds, I'm like, what is he doing up there? Bro, when he jumps on the mid range shot, when he wants to get a little bit of extra separation, 
you literally re- are reminded, oh, yeah, he has a 7-2 wingspan. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, what is he? Why is he floating like that, bro? So, like, like when, he, when he gets those put-back dunks and his, his wrist is barely above the rim, I'm like, Pat, what are you doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? Dog? What are you doing? <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's the part for me. It's like, and, and he's got to find that. I'm fine with running plays for him, and I think that it does work. But the stars in this league don't have plays run for him every game. The stars in this yeah. league run plays. They're not running plays for John Morant. They're not running plays for for Ben Matherin. Bro, you, bro, you, you you tripping on that? Like you you're taking it. You you're a habitual line stepper. You, you get a point, and then you My step. Boy. You don't. They're not running plays for John Morant. Come fam, on, bro. fam, fam, fam. They run some plays during the game for John Morant. John Morant rookie year was like, I'm gonna take your soul because you're not better than me standing across from me. Oh yeah, and I mean, he would John just get to the bucket. Is different, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's that's all I'm saying. Like find plays, even even if we want to talk about right a player that's not of that ilk, right? Because Ja did come in and he was he was like, I'm a dog, and I know I'm a dog. Yeah. I look at Ben Matherin in Indiana. Ben Matherin, his first couple of games, he LeBron was just like, "Going to have to show me." That's literally one of the best quotes of all. Hey, time. it's great, and and guess what? <laughs> hey, and LeBron didn't show him. Ben Matherin outscored him in that game. Uh, but but the thing was, like, I watched some of his early games. He didn't come out. Now they're running plays for him. But his early games, he was just like, oh, I'm going to just get this ball here and make this play. I'm going to just attack at this moment because he's not better than me. I'm gonna just... And then once you see that, you be like, hey, hey, we, we got to get him a little bit more. You know, P-Will, two of his, in his biggest game, two of his shots were a couple of three-pointers in the corner. That was just him standing wide open. Those plays find you. Knock them down. Go get a couple of tip rebounds. Shaq says it all the time, and it's like, Seven points a quarter. Two layups and a foul. <laughs> you can't give me two layups and a foul to get to the free throw line every quarter, brother. Come on, dog. That's all Bro. I'm asking. The, once Patrick Williams realizes, and I don't, I don't, I don't want to have this narrative that he's afraid of contact because he's a grown man. I, I'm not going to say that. No, he be but once he realizes, much. once he realizes, you could say, once he realizes, okay, I, a, I have a great handle. Patrick yeah. Williams' dribble was beautiful when you see him actually do it. I'm about to get to this rim, and they're going to have to put a body on me. I'm going to get to the free throw line. That needs to, like, it's, bro, like I said before, sports therapist. Get Dr. Phil in here. I know he's not a sports therapist. Dr. Phil would literally be like, what the hell is wrong with you? (laughs) Look at this play right here. What the hell is wrong with, like, we need somebody like that. Now, Patrick, what is going on with you here (laughs) on this play? You have to figure out how to get to the bucket. This is not. A negotiation here, Patrick. You have to figure out how to get to it. Come here. Let's talk about this. <laughs> Why is Vooch in your That man standing across from you is 6'2", 100 I have a joke, pounds. but I don't know if I can say this on Locked On. Uh, if we got to question it on the stream, maybe we let it go. You know what I mean? But we've gotten away with some. some I'm say I'll, I'll get an email from Nick. I'm going to say this. Patrick Williams acts like he's afraid of penetration like a virgin. I need him to get it together, bro. I need you to get in the lane. I need you to get in the lane, bro. And on that note, man, follow us on everything at Locked on Bulls. You can follow uh, me on everything at Pat the Designer. As always, man, what's going on over here in the corner? (laughs) 
I have to check out this podcast now just because of the name in the chat. I'm not gonna lie. To oh, you. I actually checked them out. I actually checked are they them good? Out. Are they good? I gotta check it out. They solid. I gotta check it out. It's not what you. It's not what you think by the name of it, but oh. it's a solid podcast, bro. Right, I, we'll I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. I, went, I, went, I saw it because I think they commented on one of my streams. I was like, let me go check them out. And I was like, hey, wasn't what I expected, but it was good content though. It was good content. <laughs> but you can follow me at CEO Hayes, at CEO H-A-I-Z-E. And thank you for making Locked on Bulls your first listen today. Now for your second listen, go and check out Game to Game. Every moment, every top performance, every result, Locked on Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysts uh, that only Locked on can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked on NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. For Pat the Designer, I'm Hayes. This is Locked on Bulls. We out this mug. Peace, Peace y'all. Like a virgin.